Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of From the Spot. I'm David. And I'm Manny. And we're back. Well, at least I'm back. I was <laughs> stuck in Guatemala a little bit longer than expected. Um, I almost thought that I was going to be an immigrant to a third world country. Uh, hey, hey, David. So for a second there, were you like England fans over the summer? Did, did, did you think yeah. you were you were not coming home, but then you actually came home on like on like football? Pretty much, I actually accomplished what I set out to do. Um, I came home. So. <laughs> Glad to have you back, David. Um, I know it got hairy there for a second. Not like McGuire because I mean he can't do anything so. Dude, no. yeah, at least he got out of Greece sometime. Uh, he got lucky. <laughs> out of Greece. If, 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 if he was just some normal English dude, he'd still be in a Greek jail somewhere. He's lucky he plays for Man United. Pretty much that's what saved him. If he was still at Leicester, I'm pretty sure he would have gone to jail by then. You know who's not lucky to still play at Man United, David? Oh, Jesus, who? <laughs> hey, Lings, let's talk about it. Bro, all right. So yeah, let's jump into this. Let's uh, we'll jump into the winter transfer window and the what could and what couldn't have been. Uh, what that could have been is Jay Ling's, like you mentioned. Um, so yeah, Jesse Lingard stuck at Manchester United, definitely missing out on the move to a West Ham. Um, Newcastle were rumored to really be interested, and he was interested in Newcastle. Uh I'd be pissed if I was Jesse. Uh, Eddie, what's your opinion of this? Me as a Manchester United fan, you know, I'm obviously I'm going to have some kind of formed opinion, but as somebody else from the outside, what's your opinion? In, in particular, in regards to Jay Ling's Lingardino, as some <laughs> like mm. to call him. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, bastard. Um, I know this is an audio format, but. David was just taking a sip of his beer as I said that, and he was just about to spit it out. So yeah, you bastard. Perfect timing. <laughs> um, look, uh, Jay Ling's should have stayed at West Ham. He he be at least helping them there. I mean, I couldn't see him hurting West Ham's chances. Um, although some of their players like to hurt their chances by being assholes to animals but that's a little bit later down the podcast um so look uh just like um a guy who ended up at villa philip coutinho obviously uh guys like jesse lingard and deli ali need playing time um Philip Coutinho is getting an opportunity and he's reminding people that he is class so um, I feel bad for Jesse because he has to be out here passive aggressively leaking stuff to the press or leaking stuff on Twitter and pissing off his manager. Um, so if if I were him, um, I'd be pretty pissed at myself for being like, no, I can make it at Man United. Should have stayed at West Ham, bro. And it's not the whole West Ham's like fighting for fourth. It's just they would have given you playing time, which is what you need, you know? Definitely. And, I mean, he wasn't able to escape, but Martial was. He ended up going to Sevilla. Um, You know, good luck to him. But, I mean, Manchester United, man, I got to say, we in the pre-show, I kind of mentioned we should probably do winners and losers of the window. And I think Manchester United are definitely losers in this window. Um. Didn't really reinforce, struggled with the whole exit with Martial, super muddy, you know, like shade going one way and the other. Uh, Lingard was forced to stay from my understanding. Like, I guess, um, you know, Mason Greenwood situation, which we'll touch on later, kind of threw a wrench and Lingard's way to leave. But everything, just everything, the way it happened was just terrible. Um, but there were a lot of positives, depending on how you see it. Uh, 
elsewhere. Like let's let's talk about Barcelona a little bit, Eddie. I know a lot of people are looking at uh, Aubameyang as a possible, you know, kind of savior to Barcelona if he plays his cards right. But I I text you, you know, even though I was thousands of miles away with super shady service that Adama Traore will be the star signing for Barcelona. But uh, what do you think? You know what? Um, this past weekend they played uh, Atleti. They looked really good. He looked really good. He looked like that Traore from a couple years ago. That it was like, I'm going to outpace you. And if you catch me, you can't even get the ball off me because I'm built anyway. So yeah. um, get the fuck off me. Um, and um, he laid in a really, really good cross. Um, Alba came on um, a little bit later. Um, uh, by that time, Barca was up four to two, so it's not that much needed to be done. Look, um, as a personality, as as an entertainer, I love Obama Young. I follow him on social media. I think he's hilarious. He seems like a chill dude. As a footballer, I don't I don't think he's much of a footballer anymore. Um, if you guys followed the AFCON, oh, what did he do right before the tournament started? He went to a party, caught COVID, Gamboa sent him home. Suppose they thought they were sending him to London. Homie caught a flight to Barcelona and apparently somehow forced his way through. Mostly, I think, because Arsenal was done with him. And look, obviously, like, he was a golden boot winner in the Premier League. But the lasting image is, you know, he was a captain of Arsenal, a great club, no matter how much we love to make fun of them. And he just left because he decided to skip training a few times and, you know, Earlier on in the season, he had basically been like my chances to have a Valentine this year and straight up just disappeared, you know? So um, I think he's more of a, like, I'll have fun with the Bumayang, but I'm not expecting too much from him. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's definitely a luxury player. I, uh, I don't understand the signing of them for that reason. Like you guys got a Ferrari just because. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but uh, Eddie, I don't want to be negative this whole time. How about you shoot us a winner in your opinion of this window? Who got a move? I mean, I know there's a lot of honorable mentions, uh, um, but who's your winner? Um, I mentioned um, Coutinho. Um, he looks really, really comfortable at Villa. Um, and it could just be because Gerard's playing him in a familiar position. Um, but uh, who else? You know what? Because Obama Yang was kind of dead weight at that club, um, I know I bashed them a few episodes ago for letting go of so many guys, but... Um, I'll give it to Arsenal. Like, they somehow find a way to offload a problem. Very surprisingly, like, dude, if you would have told me on, like, December 1st, like, when the window opened, hey, you guys are going to get a bomb again, I would have been like, how, dude? So, I, I think it's a smart move by Arsenal. Um, Everton, um... Let's talk about it. We're both big fans of Danny. How did Danny end up at Everton, David? Uh, I don't know. By some kind of miracle. Um, I don't think it was a right choice, to be honest, on Donny's part, because Crystal Palace was also allegedly uh, in, like interested in him. So I think Crystal Palace would have been better in terms of game time. But... Um, you know what? Power to him. He wants to go to Everton. Let him fight for a spot. Excuse me. But um, he was obviously going to leave this window one way or another. Uh, I think alone suits all parties. He gets the game time he needs. Uh, we don't have to bench him. 
and try to figure out a place for him because in truth he can't keep up with the pace that we need at the moment because we don't have any defensive midfielders and i think donnie going out on loan confirmed for me at least uh that we were not going to sign a, a defensive midfielder this transfer window so definitely just best all-around move um but you know, I said uh, there's a lot of a lot of honorable mentions in terms of winners for this window. Let me give you the best greed mention here, Eddie, and see if you agree. Um, how about Aaron Ramsey, who made himself to Rangers, basically a team where he doesn't really have to do much. He can just play average and he's going to look great because it's not a very competitive league. Um, they're not really expected to take anyone by storm. He's basically just going to stay fit for Wales. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, I mean, you only have to really get up to play Celtic um, in that league. You look, this might piss some people off, but the Scottish Premier League is just um, the MLS of the UK. Like, you have Celtic, you have Rangers. That's a good and, take. <laughs> and then, like, Aberdeen. But we only, at least here stateside, okay? I'm only talking about stateside. We only know about Aberdeen because of groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons. Like, he's Fair. a huge... Like, that's the only... Okay, groundskeeper Willie, and that's where David's... Best manager of all time, Sir Alex Ferguson. That's where he managed before he managed United. Like, that's the only reason the world knows about Aberdeen. Watch, watch Scottish people come at me on Twitter. RIP our Twitter account. I'm glad Eddie runs it. So he's just going <laughs> right? to get all the hate anyway. So it's whatever. <laughs> but Eddie, you know who I think is the winner of the transfer window, though? Ooh, David. It's the combination of Christian Eriksen and Brentford. I think they won this transfer window for two very distinct reasons. Uh, for Christian, obviously, is he found a team. He signed. It's a matter of getting fit, staying fit, and getting game time. Uh, could means he's in contention for a call-up for Denmark. Uh, it's really the story we wanted to hear. And for Brentford, I... I think it's a super positive surprise. Um, I didn't expect a team of that size to sign Christian Eriksen. I kind of expected a bigger team to take a punt on him because he's a world-class talent. So all Brentford need to do is get him fit, throw him in, and now you have a world-class player, you know, in, in a struggling team, really. Exactly, David. Look, if Christian Eriksen is the Christian Eriksen that we all know? Great. Brentford have a world-class player. If Christian Eriksen can't get back to his level, at least Brentford gave a good guy a great shot. And unfortunately, it didn't work out. And that's football that happened. So for Brentford, it's a win-win. For Christian, it's a win-win. He either gets his career back or he gave it a go and we all applaud him because we literally almost saw him die in July. Yes, that was scary, <laughs> man. That was super scary how recent that was even. So, yeah. you know, good for you, Christian. In seven months, you've made a great comeback. Uh, hopefully you'll get on the p- pitch soon. Yeah. Uh, you know, any honorable, other honorable mentions from you, Eddie? Um, um, oh, um, I'm, I know we mentioned it, but... Martial should kill it at Sevilla, and Sevilla's oh, a, Sevilla's a struggling to stay within the top four, so he should really be helpful for them. So Sevilla convincing Man United to get rid of a player who hasn't really worked for them is really cool. Um, who else? Who else made a move? Um, who did Spurs get? David, did Spurs do anything? Uh. Not that I care about, at least. I mean, I don't think in terms of... Well, um, Juventus got 
Two great players. Oh, uh, Betancourt, yeah. <laughs> former former Boca Junior stud. Um Betancourt is now at Tottenham Hotspur. So I'm I'm excited. I'll get to see him a bit more regularly. Although I don't know, David. Um, do you think even a manager as great as Conte can turn that team around? So I mean, I think yes and no. It depends on the backing by Levy. Um and Benton Core is definitely a gamble. It's not a guarantee to be a hit. Um, but he's definitely one of those players that at this point, like I want I like kind of hate that I love him because I think he showed a lot of talent. Went to Italy a little bit early, so he kind of struggled sure. to really establish himself. But the talent's there. Um, I don't like that he went to Spurs because if Conte can get the best out of him, uh, they're really going to be a team to to compete against, at least in the midfield. But, I mean, I, I also can't hate that hard. Uh, I do think he he's a great player in the making. He just needs some work. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, uh, trust me, like, I'm not a Spurs hater, and obviously, like, I have eyes. Conte is a good manager. I just think any club team, because he plays different when he plays for Colombia, but any club team that has to start Davidson Sanchez on a regular basis at center back is going to struggle no matter what. I'm sorry. That's fair. Yeah, I think uh, Davinson Sanchez is a player that is building success on his name and not his performances. Because, uh, Matt, I don't know how he's still playing for Everton. No, that's that's uh, that's Yuri Mina. Well, yeah, Yuri Davinson Mina, you think so? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean... Um, I mean, Spurs, Everton, what's the difference between them at this point? Um, well, I mean, Tottenham's not in danger of being relegated this season, at least. Yeah, I guess, but that's only because they have Conte. I mean, oh, and and my boy Steven Bergwijn, who's quickly becoming a Conte favorite. Well, Bergwijn was supposed to go to Ajax. Somehow the, the deal didn't go through, but... I mean, I wonder what's going on there, what that means for Bergwijn in the summer, like if he's going to try to push for a move away. Um, but let's go into a little bit of a dive into um, footy leaks here, Eddie. Uh, both of our clubs, at least our European clubs, have had players leak stories out to the media, you know, whether it's them, their family, with, uh, you know, we kind of mentioned that before, Jesse Lingard and Martial. Uh, at Manchester United and uh, allegedly Ricky Puig at Barcelona. So, or um, Dembele's management team, that's just too. In <laughs> yes, sir. So, uh, how as a fan, well, how does that make you feel, man? Uh, let me touch on your club really quick. I think it's really detrimental. For your players to be leaking shit to the media. Because even though Ralph Raniak will be gone as manager at the end of the season, like, okay, he won't be the gaffer, right? But he will be the director of football, meaning he's the one who is going to build a team along with whatever manager the Glazers decide to hire. So at the end of the day, if you're on the outs with him as a manager, Good luck um, with your future at Manchester United because he's going to have a big portion of um, decisions to be made to form the new Manchester United. So if you're leaking shit on him now, just wait till he's in a real position of power and can get you out of there. I don't know, dude. What do you think about your club leaks? Well, with mine, I, I agree, man. Like, get those out, get, get them out of there. Uh, there's no reason to keep them. I think, again, Jesse Lingard's situation is kind of tragic because uh, it's not entirely his fault. Um, but you kind of touched on it too. He should have left, you know, last year when he had the chance to truly leave. 
He was never going to make it at Manchester United. It didn't matter what promises Ole Gunnar Solskjaer made uh, at the beginning of the season. It just wasn't going to happen. Um, so that still kind of on him, but he shouldn't be going out to the media. Um, it is super detrimental because it creates friction in the dressing room. And honestly, it's it's cowardly, man. Uh, is, there's no other way to put it. It's very cowardly. Just if you have a problem, confront your manager, confront your coworker, your teammate, whatever. Like, put it out there. Uh, did Did you see what Ranić's response was like to the press? Yeah, I I like that Ranić like will defend not just himself but the club as well, and he it's like he doesn't care and he's nonchalant about it. It's fine. I love it. And that's kind of what Manchester United needed all this time. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was too afraid to confront the media and the players. So they didn't respect him. And Ralph is going to show that you have to respect him. Okay, David, let's do uh, a little exercise. Uh, Let's fast forward to the summer. Uh, No World Cup this summer. We have to wait a few more months. Uh, Paul Pogba did. Does he go? Yeah, I think he's gone. He he would have signed a new contract by now. Um, it's basically written in the stars that he's gone. Uh, CR7, does he go? That, I feel that he won't sign or decide into January. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Who else? Basically, everybody else has gone. Uh, Matic, Mata. I don't think there is. There's going to be a major clear out. Uh, hopefully, some smart reinforces. Not exactly stars, but more what we need. And honestly, dude, and I, I mean this with no disrespect, because I actually like Juan Mata. I forgot he was at your club, dude. Dude, we we ruined his twi- the twilight of his career. Uh, we bought him just to basically bench him and not do anything with him. Uh, I mean, he's obviously a great professional and he's got his coaching badges or is getting his coaching badges and helping the younger players. But he's definitely somebody that deserved better, especially okay. in the twilight of his career. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Cavani's confirmed to be moving on, right? Right. Cavani's out. So, um, Boca Juniors or MLS? Oh, dude, it has to be Boca Juniors. If you see him play, he's not slowing down. If he goes to MLS, it's it'll be a disappointment, man. I'll get rid of my Cavani shirt. As a as a Boca Juniors fan, I hope you just put that into the universe when it comes true. Um, as far as Ricky Puig at my club, um, I think the kid's very very talented and. I think, especially with the type of manager that Xavi's proving to be, of, hey, I kind of know I'm screwed here, so I need to give these guys playing time anyway. That way the club can see, hey, like, this guy deserves to stay. This guy deserves to go. Um, I can't really see any other club, or at least big club, you know, which by big, I mean a team that even like competes for Europa, even though they, they might not make Europa, but they, they're constantly like in that combo, right? Yeah. I couldn't see a, a, a big club like that giving him a fair chance because if you can't make it out of Barcelona who's rebuilding, how, how can you make it here? That's you know fair. what I mean? It, yeah. It would be different if, like, Barca had gone into the transfer window and somehow gotten, like, Riyad Mahrez, let's say, just to throw a name to eat up minutes and, you know, play play in Spain. No. Well, Nico Ansu Fati when he's healthy, which is, like, whenever I eat a vegetable, rarely. <laughs> um, uh uh, who else? Uh, Ilats. All, all these guys. All these guys are getting minutes. 
and Ricky got some over the weekend, but uh, he got like an appearance, like ten minutes. It wasn't much, you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't valuable. It was like Donnie coming off the bench at Man United, <laughs> you know? Just because. So yeah, so uh, I really think he needs to he needs to do whatever the fuck Xavi says, just to get valuable minutes to at the very least. Secure a decent move, maybe to like a Gladbach or something. I don't know. You know, like a yeah. like a a decent team. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, but who knows, man? I mean, it seems like Rick is just satisfied, just riding the wave. Doesn't even really care. Which is fine if you're Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey, you guys who have accomplished stuff in your career, but um. I don't know. Like it's the it's it's not the right attitude to have at this time. Hey, who knows, man? But about Dembele's leaks, I mean, obviously it came back to bite him in the ass. Um, he's not gonna be offered another contract at Barcelona. He's pretty much frozen out. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, look, uh, and it's it's very very obvious that. Dembele is a talented, talented guy. When he behaves professionally and when he's healthy. But if he doesn't do either of, of those things, I mean, he's a hundred million euro player who's worth 30 million now. I, has a player ever lost 70 million euros in value so fast, David, that you can remember? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right and like um it's 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 so weird because like for example uh, a guy on your squad Pogba when he plays for Fla- France world class um Dembele when, when he plays for France special and you would think that if if these two guys could play at their potential for their clubs they'd be amazing you know what I mean? But it, it's guys like Benzema, like Veron, who are like consistent for France and their club. So I I honestly I don't see well, I know where it went wrong for Dembele. It was just all his injuries. Yeah. And his lack the expectation of Barcelona for him was at a high level, and he just wasn't ready to get to that level professionally. Not football-wise. Football-wise, he could have got there. But professionally, like, he just wasn't ready to meet that expectation. Yeah, the mentality definitely wasn't there from the beginning. Uh, I was surprised they invested so much in them for that reason. But hey, it could definitely be worse. And, you know, let, let's talk about the worst here for a second. Just because um, I do David- think... It's David, important to talk about. Go ahead. Hold on, time out. Before we go super negative, I want to lightly bring us into this topic. Let's, but before we get super serious, and we will, so that's why I want to separate it before we we get there. Can we talk about one of our guys that gets too much hate? One of our oh, favorite. Oh my god! I can't believe we weren't gonna. We didn't even mention this in the run-up of Joao. Yeah, Joao Joao Felix is a super talented guy. We both think that who gets treated really unfairly, David, but why? Because he is a... He's legit a victim of his own success. Like People are thinking he's just going to win matches by himself that he's just going to say, give me the ball from the left-back position and go score goals. But that's not what he does at Atletico. Yeah, and um, the the reason why this is a topic is because I was watching Barca versus um, Atleti over the weekend. um, And I watched the games in Spanish because I enjoy my football in Spanish more and also for my dad to be able to listen to the commentary team. And... (laughs) <laughs> the the guy who was calling the game, like the play-by-play, um, he turned to 
uh, his two co-commentators, one of which was Diego Forlan, and was like, has Joel Felix not reached his potential? And I was like, he just won a league, and he's probably, probably like the third best player in Portugal, second, depending on on where you put Bruno. Um, and he's only like 23, right? It's a, well, it's a it's bit 22. unfair how they treat him. Definitely. And like I said, he's not the player that they're saying he is, at, le- at least in this Atletico team. Um, it's no surprise to me that, that Manchester City is being linked to him because, you know, Haaland is obviously being linked to Real Madrid and Barcelona. So they they don't want to get pulled into a bidding war with Mino Rayola. So they are now ta- targeting Joel, which I think would be making Manchester City nearly un- unstoppable because Pep will use them in the right role. But yeah, like you said, he, he gets way too much hate. He's only 22. He won a league already with Atletico. He's not even 23 yet then. No. Yeah. And he's an integral part to Portugal. Uh, went on song and he needs to be given that time. He needs to play in a team that will give him that free role that he deserves because we've been able to see it. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. It's not like we haven't seen signs of it. Yeah, but- no. So David and I just wanted to come um, out here and defend Jell for a bit because I... To, to say that Joe hasn't reached his potential, to me, it's not only a bad take, it's a lazy take, you know? Yeah, it's definitely a lazy take. If you're going to criticize him, like, say something, like, say something that's really objective, just to say, oh, well, his his potential is not fulfilled. It's, it's like, come on, he's 22 at a rebuilding Atletico. Let's be real. T- technically, you could say that about anybody. You could even say that about like Bill Gates or Elon Musk or some shit. Like their potentials unrealized. You'd be wrong, of course, but you could you could still say that shit. Right. You know what I mean? Well, and we are here to tell you that you'll be wrong, and that's what we're here for. <laughs> and you, you know what else is wrong, David? Fucking uh, kicking kitty cats in the face. Yes, via Kurt Zoma. And trying to force your partner to have sex when they don't want to. Let's talk about it, David. (laughs) Yes, well, as we should have known, is just like in any corner of the world, there are dirtbags. And in the football world, it's becoming more apparent in the digital age, Um, which good, good on the victims that... You know, they're becoming more comfortable and they have more platforms to go get help with. Um, but let's, let's touch on Kurt Zuma first, who and they said, kicked this cat in the face, chased it around, beat it, which you know, me as a pet owner and a parent just is like insane. Like I understand the frustration and releasing it, but to like chase and beat it down, like what do you think is going to happen? It's going to do it all over again. It's going to piss itself. It's going to get scared. So, like, it, it was just pretty intense for me to watch, I guess, in a sense. Yeah, um, no. Look, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a dog guy because I'm slightly allergic to cats. My eyes get all puffy and itchy whenever I get around cats. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go beat the shit out of a cat. Right. You know? <laughs> You know what I mean? And, like, it's an animal, and, like, even though cats are pretty moody, you know, they're not always super affectionate animals, but when a cat wants to be affectionate towards you, it it will be. So I don't give a shit what the cat did to piss you off. You don't need to kick it. You don't need to fucking slide tackle it. You don't need to berate it. You don't need to do anything to the cat. Leave leave the cat the fuck alone. (laughs) You know what I mean? And before anybody says, or like, oh, we're just PETA people, like, I mean, in the same note, like, there's also purpose animals. I mean, while we were in Guatemala, we killed and butchered a pig. So it's not like I'm super queasy about it either. Like, come on, let's let's just be real. No, my 
my grandma killed a chicken in front of me when I was like five. And she like tied it to a post to cut its head off. Somehow like the body got untied and it started running around her house. It, oh, and of course it traumatized me because I'm five. But I still ate the fuck out of that chicken. You know what I mean? I bet it was so, delicious. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm not here to defend every animal. You know what I mean? Like last weekend we had tacos de lengua, which is like beef tongue tacos. Mm-hmm. That's not everybody's thing. I find them delicious. They're so the I'm, best. Yeah. yeah. So, um, David, obviously what Kurt Zuma did is appalling. And I know I've praised West Ham a lot this season for the run that they're having, but they made a mistake, right? By playing him the mm-hmm. very next day. Like you, you, you can't, you can't play that man the very next day, right? No, you can't, dude. That was insane. Well, I mean, all putting all that aside, I guess, like you can see that, right? Like, like whatever, like. He plays because he's one of the top players, but it's at the same time you just take, don't take the PR hit. Just one game, bench on one game. Yeah, no. Yeah. And then- show that you cared. Like show that you're with the people. Like because even West Ham fans were appalled. It's not like it was all the other teams. Yeah. No. And then here's my thing too. Okay. And. I'm not I'm not excusing what Kurt Zuma did, obviously. Um, but if you're his brother, I don't care if you find that shit funny. Don't record that man doing that. Right. Like that's that's another thing, and I'm sure he's gonna have a word with his brother about that. But there's no there's no excuse. I don't I don't know what Kurt Zuma's brother does to make money. But it's very obvious that Kurt Zuma is the breadwinner of the whole family. Even if everybody else has a job, Kurt makes the most money. Don't fucking... Obviously, he shouldn't be a dick to animals. But don't don't fucking do that shit. Right. And his, his whole excuse of, it's the only time I've ever done it. Bro, get the fuck out of here. Just like, you know who else got the fuck out? And he's actually in jail for it because um, he very clearly doesn't give a, a fuck about someone that he was supposed to love and respect, uh, Mason Greenwood. Yes. So, dude, that's an even more insane story. So if you haven't heard quite yet, because it made inter- international news, it's not just isolated to the football world. But Mason Greenwood, former Manchester United forward, so he's a 20-year-old forward, just in case you're one of the listeners who listen to support us. 20-year-old forward, uh, played for Manchester United, currently suspended pending you know, the result of everything. But he has 36 goals and 130 appearances, was uh, recorded by his now ex-girlfriend, um, basically sexually assaulting her and threatening her. She posted pictures of her all beat up and... He was arrested for it. He was arrested January 30th, and he was initially arrested on suspicion of rape and suspicion of assault. And two days later, they went ahead and, you know, rearrested him on suspicion of sexual assault and making threats to kill. Uh, We also have to mention that as of February 2nd, so nine days ago, he is out on bail. But his suspension with Manchester uh, United continues. Nike has now suspended and completely dropped uh, Mason Greenwood. And there's rumors that they might seek legal action to get some money back. And um, basically every major game um, supplier, like for EA Sports for FIFA, Konami for, you know, Pro Evolution have confirmed that there won't be any Mason Greenwood or rendition of him in any games. So, Damn, he even got deleted off of Pez? Like, he's done, basically. Um, super damning photos, like we mentioned, the recording, transcripts. Uh, it's insane, man. And, and, and look, 
obviously, it, it, if you want to look this stuff up, seek it out. Um, we won't be like referring it to it too much, but I I just want to mention one thing, and it's something that you pointed out. Uh, the the ex partner said like, look, I don't give a shit if you go out and cheat on me. I don't want to have sex right now. Go go cheat. Go cheat. Do you know how tired a woman has to be with your bullshit for her to be like, just, just go cheat. Just get the fuck out. Go cheat. And he said something like, no, like I want to have sex with you, which to me means he didn't even really want to have sex. It was just like a power thing. Just yeah. to be like, I have power over you. And that's some sick shit. You know what I mean? Definitely. And Something that I do want to stress is Falcon Mason Greenwood and, you know, his obviously now ex-girlfriend, you know, she definitely deserves all the praise. She spoke out and whether or not it's you, whether you want to just, hey, pass this information on. If you're in the USA, the domestic violence hotline is 800-799-7233. Or if you got to be discreet, just text START to 88788. Uh, international listeners, call your local emergency line. That's the best uh, I can give you. Yes, and also if you are, you know, in fear of your safety, just pretend you're ordering a pizza or some takeout. Uh, the operator on the other end of the emergency services should pick pick up the hint. Um, if you're in an abusive relationship, uh. Please speak up. Um, you are valued in the society. Do not hurt yourself over someone that doesn't value you. Do not stay. Um, there are people, there are resources out there to help you. Uh, please take advantage of those and keep yourself safe. Yes, please do. But you know what? Let's go positive. Let's talk about magic. Let's talk about the FA Cup. Yes, dude. It's been killer. Especially coming off an international break. Uh, it's what the fuck we needed, dude. Uh, yes. You had giant killings. You had giants that should have lost. West Ham should have lost to that team. But they just... Uh, West Ham got really lucky. But, David, uh, I'm sorry to keep doing this to you, but let's start with your club. Losing on penalties against Middlesbrough, I mean, I think that game basically shows where Manchester United is right now. Like in in all fairness, um, if you look at the lineup, it wasn't a terrible lineup. I mean, I would see that as a strong team to play even in the Premier League, but they couldn't get it done. Uh, ended up losing in penalties which, I mean, you can't say it's 50-50, but Mr. Anthony Alanga ended up missing, got, you know, abused online, you know, racially for the uh, miss, which is super uncalled for, you know, but uh, like I said, current state, it's fans are going nuts. You know, we're putting our fate in these players are that are inexperienced that probably shouldn't be getting this pressure put on them and they cracked and fell, but all credit to Middlesbrough. They made it happen. They fought back. So Bamba, you know, who he's 37 years old is dude. He used to play with, um, was it? Damn it. Hold on. I got to look this up. Oh, uh- Huddersfield? No, no. It was a... So here's here's his teams that he made first team appearances for. Paris uh-huh. St. Germain, uh, Dunfermline, Hibernian, Leicester City, Trabzonspor, Palermo, Leeds, Cardiff, and now he's at Middlesbrough. So he's no, like, you know, just whatever uh, player. He, he was a regular for the Ivory Coast. Yes. And he came in, stepped up, and he put it away. No, and not just that. Soul Bamba, I believe, is a cancer survivor. 
he like literally just beat cancer like 15 months ago i think so oh the, you're right with the, in 2021 he was diagnosed with non-hodgkin lymphoma oh shit so it was sooner than 15 months ago yeah. which jesus and look um, obviously penalties take skill but they they also take an incredible amount of luck um your luck just has to be in on on the day which like for example um i'll bring up money real quick uh in the afcon final uh the pressure he must have felt to take the deciding penalty after missing one during like the normal the normal 90 minutes uh, it, it's there's pressure there that you have to get over mentally but it's also just luck you know Sometimes goalkeepers get really lucky and uh, they just, they get to the penalty. So don't be assholes. Don't abuse some teenager for missing a penalty. You've missed a penalty and it hasn't mattered as much. I guarantee you that much if you're listening to this. So don't be dicks. Um, I was honestly, I was more surprised by Bruno missing practically an open goal. I think that's way more indicative of where Manchester United are because the Bruno that showed up to United a couple Januarys ago puts that away. Easy. You know what I mean? Easy. And then, I wouldn't blame the, the fatigue, though, man. I mean, he's he's even to this day, he doesn't have help. Let's see your oh. seven on the side. Oh, no, definitely. definitely. When, when, when your fellow midfielders are McTominay and fucking Fred... <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna suffer, but uh, before we start talking about the next round, there's a, a game I definitely want to bring up Nottingham Forest and Leicester City. Uh, fuck yes. So, Nottingham, man. So, I'm I don't know why I have this weird attachment to Nottingham Forest where I've recognized even like their training kits from like 2008 in, inside of a photo of the Bush push when he was at USC. One of the coaches is wearing it, and I noticed it. Like I don't know why I have this weird, like weird obsession with Nottingham Forest. So it's super awesome to see that they destroyed Leicester four one. What What do you think, bro? Like, was it Brendan Rodgers just fluffing it? Was it Nottingham Forest just being inspired? What do you um, think? The the thing is, is Nottingham Forest scored really, really quickly. And then on that very next kickoff, they got the ball and they scored again. So they literally <laughs> scored back to back. Like, like the only way you could score faster is if you scored, take the ball and just punt it in. So they literally scored like 40 seconds apart. I think it was It's probably even sooner. So when you give up two goals back to back, um, it's just it's really hard to be like, oh fuck, like we could come back. You know what I mean? And like the only reason Lester even scored is because Nottingham's keeper came out because he thought he was Manuel Neuer, apparently, and he missed the ball, and like there was no way the guy from Leicester could miss. And so I mean they, they were just awesome that game. And to the guy who's supposedly a Leicester fan and came on the pitch and punched the Nottingham Forest players, fuck you, bro. Like, look, I'm the number one shit talker. I, I, I know it's obvious to you if you're listening to this, but leave professional athletes alone. They will uh, beat the fuck out of you. And you'll and, deserve it. You will deserve it. So um, leave them alone. They have a job to do, which is to be professional sports people and entertain us. And they did that. If your team lost, your team lost, bro. It happens. Um, so, and also, yes, I do blame Brendan Rodgers because I don't think he's a good manager, but that's just me. And before we move on, uh, major shout out to James Garner, midfielder on loan from Manchester United. He put in a great shift uh, against Leicester. And when he was substituted out in the 80th minute, so it's not like, oh, he was waning away. It was towards the end. 
He was hmm. substituted out for a player by the name of Kafu. So just a little fun fact there that I think Eddie might appreciate because our generation had one of the greatest fullbacks from Brazil of all time. Yes. Uh, Kafu. Uh, hey, David, um, um, I don't know if you could look this up for me, but I don't know if it's Middlesbrough or Nottingham Forest, but one, one of those two has Everton in the next round. Real quick, let's touch on Everton. They looked really good during their FA Cup game, but then they played in the Premier League. And they got they got smoked. Um, so for a team like Everton who's struggling in the league but has progressed in the FA Cup, it, it, if they lose their next FA Cup round, how bad is it going to be for them? Because they're going to struggle to stay up, Frank Lampard or not. So it's going to end up being Borham Wood, who they, they take oh, on. They, be, um, they ended up beating Bournemouth in the last round. But, I mean, the pressure is on right away for Frank Lampard. Ownership's going to say they're going to give him time. But, I mean, if you lose to Borham, uh, you're kind of – they're definitely moving up the timeline. I mean, there's definitely tougher rounds out there. Um, Stoke has to play Crystal Palace, which is a little bit more on par. Middlesbrough yeah. um, will take on Spurs, again, more on par. Come on, Middlesbrough, come on. Yeah, Southampton will actually take on a Premier League side in West Ham and Liverpool to an extent against Norwich. So the pressure is there. We Everton will be expected to move on. Um the tie, uh, the tie of this round, mark my words, will be the one in, on March 7th on Nottingham Forest against Huddersfield. Ooh, uh, I that, bet you that's going to be a great match. I, I put my guarantee now. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Nottingham is fighting to get in the playoff positions and Huddersfield Town is like second or third in the championship. So that's a big, big matchup for um I know it's an FA Cup game, but that's still gonna be big for both those teams as like a measuring stick type of game. Oh definitely. Huddersfield is fifth and Nottingham Forest is sixth. So So yeah. they're they're right there. They're both playing for playoff positioning there. Um so honestly, um coming off of an international break. I think the FA Cup is just what we needed to get us excited for domestic football again. Um, also, mm-hmm. shout out to Canada, who without Alfonso Davies are just, I believe Canada just needs one more point to secure their ticket for Qatar. And don't worry, fans, David and I are already planning our Qatar episodes, not one episode, but episodes. So... Yes. That's going to be coming up. More details will come as we start to piece it truly more together, get our uh, research in line, or at least my research in line, because I'll at least be able to tell Eddie a story. Um, and Eddie, who you might or might not know, Eddie's actually super smart. So we'll be able to bring you not just the sporting side, but the human side, what's going on, um, why you should care. So it'll be don't, fun. Uh, don't, don't don't pull my gimmick here, David. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pu- pulled the curtain too far back. But let's. Uh, throw up the X. Throw up the X. Oh. Um, um, <laughs> all right. Um, that, that's a little <laughs> that's a little wrestling reference there. But uh, David, um, is there a match that the people should be looking out for this weekend? Prior to watching the Super Bowl, if you live here in the States, and just a, a, a good match this weekend for the international international listeners? Uh, I think, my opinion, it'll have to be uh, Manchester United versus Southampton, just because it'll be, it'll be our version of the measuring stick. Uh, Southampton is in 10th place with 28 points. We're on 6 with 39 not saying that, you know, oh, we're super close in the league, but our form is pretty much the same. You know, two wins, two draws, and a loss. So yeah, and, form-wise, and, we'll compete. 
Um, Hassan Hoodle's team, Southampton, just won a big game literally two days ago. Like, they they smashed. I forgot who they smashed, but they smashed. Spurs, 3-2. Oh, um, obviously, it was Tottenham, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, so they they lost, and also let's let's keep an eye on uh, Everton taking on Leeds. Leeds has been you know wishy washy. Everton need to win, and they're at home. Uh, could be a full debut, you know, for Mister Donny. Mister Deleali might be able to influence that under Frank Lampard. You know, he's known to motivate players, so I think that's a a fun match to look at too. Okay, David, real quick, indulge me for a second. So you already have a Ralph Ranick, so you have one Ralph. But mm-hmm. what if you double up on the Ralphs and get um, the manager from Southampton and just have a, a Ralph-to-Ralph connection? Look, he, at the very least, he motivates players, and you guys are going to have a bunch of new players Honestly, I would much rather hold out for Mauricio Pochettino over oh, at PSG. Yeah. I know, I know, I know, and people are going to say, you know, that I'm dumb, but it's either him or Ten Hag or Bust. Uh, so we'll see, man. Uh, Ralph Franick has a big job to do in not just surviving these next, you know, well, the next few months till the end of the season, but in his influence to sign a manager. Um. Eddie, you have a super big job here right now. Um, what are your last thoughts? Um, real quick, before we sign out, I did want to give this a quick, quick mention. Hey, David, do you, like, use a fake name? Like, whenever you're talking to someone and you're like, fuck, I don't really want them to know who I am. Do you have a fake name? I do. I always, I use fake names pretty much like uh, 60% of the time. Okay, give give me one, maybe not the one that you're like currently using right now, but give give me give me one. Uh, I've done uh, Diego Alves. Okay, what do you think about the name Mike Latoris? <laughs> Dude, I forgot about this. That is amazing. I did. I, I, I did it because. Cause I popped hard, dude. Um, dude, so, go tell us, tell us about it. So, for those of you who don't know, when David's team Manchester United played Burnley a couple of days ago, Burnley did this thing where they asked people to send in the names of their loved ones who have died over the past twelve months. So, you know, the team could put the name up on the big board. And, um, you know, have their age and, like, recognize them for being Burnley fans, which is very touching. It's a very classy move from Burnley. But just like um, Bart Simpson likes the name Seymour Butts um, as, as his one of the fake names he gives to Mo, um, someone put or someone sent in the name Mike Latoris. And who died at the age of 69. Now, disclaimer, if Mike Littoris is a real person, I apologize profusely for making fun of you. But if, if you hear Mike Littoris and automatically you don't think Mike Litters, we, we, we can't be friends. Uh, go ahead and hit unsubscribe. We don't need you. <laughs> but as always, people, uh, it's been a pleasure for us to rant at you and give us or to give you all of our random soccer thoughts. Don't be dicks to animals. Don't abuse your partner. Um, and follow us on social media. Um, we are at podcast from the spot on Twitter. At, at Pod from the Spot on Instagram. We have a Gmail and a Facebook. We love you guys. The episodes will come out more regularly now that David's back. So please follow us. Please share this. And please, 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 please. We really love it when you guys do this.
Interact with us on social media. Let us know what you think. Let us know what stories we should be covering. And enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. Be safe. You know, please don't catch COVID. Um, Be safe. Don't be assholes. Uh, And just have a good time. All right. David? I couldn't have said that better myself. Eddie, thanks so much again for joining and shooting the shit with me. All the listeners for listening to us shoot the shit and share us so far the most listens have come from shares so just spread the word share you know from the spot send it to a random friend just randomly just say hey just listen to this real quick they might just pass it on we appreciate y'all stay safe till next time